Welcome, welcome. You're now joining Session Conversation, the Vegas Scoop, episode six, where we'll be covering all the upcoming games for week 10. Sponsored by Rondell Powerboats Experience out here in Las Vegas. I am OG Flowers, joined once again by the Lip Service and AJ Scoop. Thanks for joining us. Fellas, how we feeling? How was your week? It was a week to forget, as uh, many people have uh, discussed here. The public had one of the best weekends in a decade, and uh, being the contrarian that I am, it was rough. I won five. Uh, three and two for me for the week. It was okay. I had Pittsburgh plus three, which was an easy winner. I also had Miami minus three that was a winner. They got a late interception to go up by ten to hold on to cover the three number. I had the Chargers that held on in a crazy finish against Seattle. They controlled the game. I liked that game. So I was 3-0 with those games. I did have the Rams, um, which was a loser. Um, And I had Denver, minus one, that was a loser on the last play of the game with a field goal to go 3-2 for the season. For the year, I'm 29-13-3 in 32nd place and looking to try and continue to move forward. Nice. All right, well, uh, let's attack game one. We're going to attack... Carolina Panthers going to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. Pittsburgh's a favorite here uh, by four points. How are we feeling on this one, guys? This one's a great Thursday night game for a change. Two quarterbacks that uh, relish in, on the big stage really uh, give us kind of a, a different gear when, when all the eyeballs are on them. But to me, this is a game where both defenses are at a real disadvantage. Expect to see a lot of points in this game. Carolina has uh, kind of bursted onto the scene with a couple new weapons that we haven't seen in the years past. Olsen is back. Uh, Samuel had a monster game last week. The rookie DJ Moore the week before that showed some things. This is the go with Devin Funches, who's proven to be a legit um, borderline wide receiver one, minimum wide receiver two. And with these weapons that that Cam has that he's really never had in his career, um, we're seeing an offense that is doing things they haven't typically done. And this is a game where I think an injury, you know, this, you know, this is an injury we're not we're not talking about much anymore because it's been so long. But Ryan Shazier, I think a game like this where his lateral speed um, will really be missed when you got these read options with Cam keeping the ball, um, especially how dangerous he is down in the red zone. I think both these offenses are going to have a field day. Wouldn't be surprised if both teams got the thirty. Um, this Carolina pass defense is not good and. With these weapons that, that Big Ben has at his disposal and an offensive line that's playing pretty good will be two offensive linemen to keep an eye on. Marcus Gilbert, right tackle for Pittsburgh, missed last week. Um, they'd need him back. The splits with him off the field are pretty drastic. And uh, Carolina, on top of all their injuries, uh, their center's on the injury report. So um, if Matt Khalil is out as well, that could hurt a little bit with a lot of the zone re- uh, runs for Carolina. But overall, I think... Uh, you know, this line is a, a little inflated at four. I think it closes three and a half. I think this is a, type, a field goal type game, 34-31 type of thing. And uh, what, what quarterback makes the plays late will be the one that gets away with the W. I took a plus six and a half on Carolina, the opening number. Too much value in that for sure. When you're looking at two good football teams, and I do uh, think that both of these teams are good football teams, I look for points. And four points seems like a lot to me. I've always said, and I've been bullish this year on teams that don't know each other very well, I look for matchups. And Carolina brings in a running package with Cam Newton. He's playing outstanding from uh, 
from the pocket this year as well. Uh, I think they're going to be in this game the entire time. I mean, Pittsburgh has played, as you mentioned, Carolina's weakness is the secondary. Uh, so I do think Pittsburgh is going to move the ball. I do think there's going to be scoring this game normally. Typically on Thursday nights, we do see less scoring, better defenses. The only thing that concerns me if you're a Carolina or you're backing them this year or this week is the fact that Thursday night games, the, the home teams have dominated. There are a lot of points in this game with four. I do agree with you. I think it will come down. I'm not sure if Carolina will make my card just because uh, you have to have your your picks in Thursday and there's just too many injury news uh, updates that I'll need later in the week. I do favor Carolina in this game, but I probably will not play it. Yeah, one sneaky thing to look at here is uh, Pittsburgh um, clearly had their issues with Jacksonville last year, knocked them out of the postseason. Uh, They do travel to Jacksonville in week 11, so Kind of a semi-look-ahead spot. Pittsburgh coming off of, uh, you know, two or three statement wins here in a row, covered and won four straight games. So I could see Pittsburgh a little flat early. Carolina jumps out to a lead. Pittsburgh's playing catch-up. Um, and this thing uh, sails over the total of uh, 51.5 that it is now. I think it closes uh, closer to 52, 52.5. All right, moving on. We got an NFC North division game. Detroit Lions headed to Soldier Field to take on the Chicago Bears. Uh, Chicago Bears are six and a half point favorite here. Uh, how are we feeling about this one? Well, <clears throat> this game here is uh, a team that I'm not sure what's going on with Detroit. They just fired their special teams coach. They got rid of Golden Tate in a trade that last week they missed him dearly. They gave up, Detroit gave up 10 sacks or 11 sacks. I'm not sure what it was in the game against Minnesota. They were lost from the get-go. And I'm starting to scratch my head about Matthew Stafford. Uh, This is a guy that's been in the league with a ton of talent. He's never won a playoff game. He, is he a leader? Last year, he looked like a leader. This year, he looks like he's somewhat programmed. I don't know the identity of the offense now. I mean, uh, Galladay is an up-and-coming star. He did nothing last week. Marvin Jones is splitting out. You know, he didn't do anything in the, in the game either. I'm worried about Detroit's offensive line. And I think Detroit is a team that is worse than I thought they were. I mean, the Seattle game the week before, you know, they were run over by, to me, which is Seattle is a team that is not very good. And Chicago, to me, looks like they are starting to gain some momentum. They went into Buffalo and trounce them. I thought Buffalo's defense in that game was going to be, you know, fine. They weren't. Chicago looked, you know, ready. They, you know, the line here is huge at six and a half. I, this won't be on my card either way. If I had to play the game, I probably would take the points, but it's a head scratcher to me. I, you know, Chicago's offense isn't anything that, you know, is not a juggernaut at all. So to be laying points is crazy. Detroit, I just can't figure that I'm, I really have no feel on this game, Scoop. Yeah, Chicago's an interesting team that coming into this season um, really struggled as a favorite, and uh, this year that has not been the case. Done a little bit better, but um, to me, the recipe for a team to play a lot of unders is a questionable quarterback with an elite defense, and that's what the Chicago Bears have, and somehow four of the last five games have gone over the total. Um, Khalil Mack will probably return in this game. Uh, he'll have his ears pinned back against a Detroit offensive line. It's in a bounce-back spot. Kind of a very strange performance against Minnesota. Not something I don't think anybody saw coming. Uh, group that has some talent up there and you know ran the ball really well down at Miami. Uh, have a running game that's starting to 
do some things, and yet they just kind of completely no-showed. So I think points will be in a premium in this game, and when points are at a premium and you're getting six and a half, it's a pretty good recipe for the underdog. I don't see Chicago going out there and uh, continuing to put the, you know, this defense has given a lot of short fields, scored a lot of defensive touchdowns late. But I think in this game, Trubisky's going to be asked to make plays in the fourth quarter to win this game, and that's something that I have not seen happen yet this season. I, I don't think he's built for the bright lights, the big stage. When, when the game is uh, kind of coming easy to him, he's able to make some throws. He, he looks the part, but there's just something missing with him when these games are tight late. And because of that, I think Detroit's the right side getting the points. I will likely be on the under in this game. Right now it's at 45. I think this closes more so 44, 43 and a half. And I think this is a uh, 20 to 17 type game. Flip a coin, who wins it? But I like the dog. All right, moving on, we have New Orleans Saints going to Cincinnati uh, to face the Bengals. And Bengals are getting five points here. How we feel about this one? Yeah, this one is uh, probably from a spot perspective the one that jumps out to me the most of any on this slate. Now, being a Cincinnati kid myself, uh, you know, I, I understand this team. And when you take Tyler Eifert and A.J. Green off of an offense in a passing 2018 NFL, it's going to be tough to move the ball. Now, New Orleans is coming off of just a gauntlet schedule where they've reeled off six in a row, uh, seven in a row, actually, um, after the opening loss to Tampa Bay. They've covered six straight weeks. They uh, have Philadelphia at home next week, so we got a look-ahead spot. We got a flat spot. I think New Orleans comes out real sleepy. East Coast, 1 o'clock, early start. Um, But at the end of the day, this New Orleans team, they just stole home field advantage from the Rams potentially last week, and I don't think they're going to look to give it back. I see New Orleans getting off to a slow start, and then Drew Brees kind of flipping a switch and saying, this is Andy Dalton. Uh, this ginger's not taking this game from me. He's not taking home field advantage in New Orleans. Uh, pulls one off late. I think this line eventually gets up to six or so. I don't see very many people that are going to be uh, too too much in a hurry to get to the window to play Cincinnati in this spot. But, you know, I think there will be some professional money on Cincinnati once it gets to six right now at four or five. Um, you know, this number is just a little low. But, you know, this spot is... This spot's nice for Cincinnati. That they're they're just depleted, and we'll see what the injury report crack you know ends up playing out. But I think I think New Orleans after a slow start starts to uh, you know flip a switch and steals a game by three or four late, and Cincinnati covers the spread for for a change. I think they're supposed to uh, New Orleans Saints were working out Des Bryant today. I wonder how that went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, think it happens it just feels right um played new orleans 18 to 1 to win the super bowl before the year started and a guy like des is uh you know he's a big time player off performer we've seen this over the years and a guy like him would only help when the chips are down late in, a, in an nfc championship game well they also worked out <clears throat> brandon marshall too you know so you know i mean they don't necessarily need a des bryant to come into the offense if he can come in and you know block you know be a you know a piece to it that's fine i see the game completely different than you this is new orleans all the way there's a couple spots here first of all you didn't mention aj green's going to be out that's a gigantic loss for this team especially for a team that you don't know very well i said his name twice oh did you sorry um <laughs> well he's going to be out like you meant or that you mentioned or whatever giovanni bernard may come back in this game and that's going to be a big help to Cincinnati. If he does come back with uh, A.J. Green out, I expect them to uh, split him out you know, more into the slot 
and be, you know, a pass catching, uh, you know, back wide receiver coming out. John Ross is an enormous injury uh, component in this game. He's listed as questionable. He hasn't played, and he's a burner, and he can take the top off a of defense in a heartbeat. And I'll mention it again, when you don't know each other, which these teams don't know each other, I'm taking the more dynamic offense, New Orleans. Michael Thomas has 70 catches this year. That's absolutely ridiculous. I think 75 passes his way, he's caught 70 of them. Top three, top four wide receiver in the game. Drew Brees playing at an excellent level. Uh, you know, Taysom Hill that I've mentioned in the past. New Orleans is going to score in this game. Cincinnati's defense hasn't been playing very well. I think their confidence level is down. I understand what you're saying from a, you know, an emotional standpoint after they beat the Rams. Yeah, no, I will say this. Um, there are some situations in the NFL where the spot is overrated, and this definitely fits the criteria of being one where that could be the case because at the end of the day, you know, you only play 16 NFL games. You know, NBA, you'll get a little bit more just complete no-shows. So I think New Orleans, even if they do have a slow first quarter, I mean, th- this is a this is a Super Bowl champ. You know, su- this is a su- real Super Bowl contender to me, the favorite at this point, playing against a Cincinnati team that's wasn't very good to begin with and and just depleted. So if New Orleans rolled them, wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. Absolutely, like I, it's a it's a talent standpoint at this type of the season. You have to look at talent on the field. No one's more talented right now in the NFC yeah. than the but, Saints. But when you look on this on the surface, Cincinnati playing like crap the last three weeks, off a of bye week, all in spot at home, playing against no a team. AJ Green. Right. No, the talent might trump the spot in absolutely this it will. That's why I'm on New Orleans. All right, moving on. We have another home favorite in Cleveland. Uh, I'm sorry, a home dog. <laughs> yeah, Cleveland. home dog in Cleveland. Uh, Atlanta Falcons versus Cleveland Browns. What are we thinking here? Lines four, scoop. Yeah, Atlanta giving them four. Uh, I think with this Atlanta team, you know, we saw last week when you give them two weeks to prepare, you know, and and this is something I picked up on twice here last week is these defenses, you know, that aren't playing well, when you give them two weeks to prepare and kind of get ready, it's a huge advantage. And we saw it last week. Atlanta came out with their – you know, heads on fire on defense. First time they played a real, uh, I mean, first time they played defense since week one against Philadelphia, and and it showed that when you give this Atlanta offense just a little bit of help, you know, in 2018 in a passing league, you know, you go out and you draft a first-round receiver to go with a good receiving core that was already, you know, as is, you're going to have a team that can go out and win football games. Now, when I look at this Atlanta team, what sticks out to me is these three wins they've pulled off here in a row. They beat Tampa Bay and New York Giants at home. Clearly two teams that are very, very flawed. Then they go to Washington, and Washington was in a bad spot, and their entire offensive line got hurt in this game. So when I see this Atlanta three wins in a row, I think it's kind of a we threw you off the scent, but we're still very flawed ourselves. Um, their number one corner, Alford, didn't play last week. This is a game where I think um, – that will really hurt. Cleveland, on the other hand, played all last week without their top corner, Denzel Ward. He got hurt in the first quarter. Um, so if Ward ends up coming back and being okay and Alford's out again, uh, that's a big advantage to Cleveland. Cleveland's now 1-3 against the spread after their 4-1 start. They lost four in a row. Uh, back-to-back home game for Cleveland. I do think they will be up for this one. Um, you know, they, they played hard last week. They came out in that first quarter, and, and they were playing really good football. I, I'm I'm actually shocked that – 
they uh, they didn't cover between some of the uh, favorable calls they got and just as bad as that Kansas City defense is and how bad they played. Um, it, it, it was uh, truly astounding that, that Cleveland wasn't able to uh, keep that game within uh, eight or nine there. Yeah, I look at injuries on this game is going to be key, so I'm not going to be able to tell you whether I like this game until later in the week. As you mentioned, Denzel Ward is an excellent corner. They're going to need him healthy in this game, just not on the field. Yeah, if Denzel Ward's out, Julio Jones field day. Oh, yeah, and then you know, you're know you looking at Higgins coming back for Cleveland. Don't underestimate this. This is a big return for him. I expect him to play. And if he does play, it's going to open up that Atlanta secondary that we've seen that has struggled all day. This is the game that I do see Baker Mayfield putting up big numbers. Yeah, and David Njoku, uh, eruption spot with Deion Jones and their safeties out the middle. That Atlanta defense is very vulnerable, and Njoku's kind of he's primed for a, for a big two, three touchdown type of game. Well, and I agree with what you said earlier about Atlanta coming off of the bye. You know, the defense was pumped up there. You know, they you know they came into a spot. Let's not pat Atlanta on the back too much. I mean, they, yeah. they played injuries against Washington. Yeah, Anybody, a, a college team could have beat that Washington Redskins team this week. Yeah. But going back to Atlanta, or going back to the original thing of the four number, I see value in this four number. I, I don't see this game being a blowout. So anytime you, you handicap a team, whether they're good teams, comparable teams, bad teams, whatever, when they're kind of in the same mix, I do think Atlanta has more talent. They're slightly better, but this game's in Cleveland. You're looking at four points. You're going to give me four points in a home game where I think that they're going to move the ball at home. I'm probably going to end up taking Cleveland. I'm not sure if it's going to make my card. It'll probably be six or seven out of five. So I'm, I'm looking at it. But again, I will not know until Friday with the injury report. But if there is a play, it'll be Cleveland for yeah. me. This spreads as a lot of Cleveland spreads are because the public doesn't really like to touch them. Uh, this line should be closer to three, two and a half. All right, moving on. We have Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to Indianapolis Colts. Uh, it looks like we have a favorite uh, by three points. Indianapolis Colts getting three here. So uh, how are we feeling? Yeah, this is a, a crazy spread. You know, someone came to you a month and a half ago and told you Indy's going to be laying three against Jacksonville. Uh, they left because, you know, Jacksonville was a Super Bowl contender in a lot of people's minds. I, you know, I never saw it. I, I was in utter shock last year of some of the, uh, you know, for, for Bortles to be go, be able to go into Pittsburgh in a playoff game and pull off a win. I mean, I was shocked. So when you have a, a bad quarterback in 2018, and, you know, and, and honestly, I'm not going to give complete blame to Bortles. That offensive line's not playing well. They They lost their left tackle. They lost... Uh, their center, their left guard at times, so they've been banged up, haven't really protected him. Um, although they're deep at receiver, none of them are really that good. They're, they're just a bunch of wide receiver twos and threes, so it's not like he's got a lot to work with. His pass-catching running back uh, out for the season, tight end out for the season, so it's, it's just a bad recipe for an offense. Now, one thing I look at is when a team is a, has playoff aspirations and they've, they're reeling and they get the two weeks to prepare, kind of like we saw with Atlanta last week, it's it's huge to have two weeks to, you know, to get juiced up for a situation where you're all in. I mean, this is this is Jacksonville season. You lost four in a row. You haven't covered in four straight weeks either. You're one and five against the spread straight up the last six. So you're going. I mean, it's just just a stone cold statement game for Jacksonville. Now, what's different? Jacksonville's had Jacksonville's dominated Indy in the last three four years, and that's because Indy hasn't had an offensive line. Well, that's finally changed. This new general manager for Indy is very sharp boy, and uh, he's finally given Andrew Luck a little bit of uh, you know time in the pocket. And we see how good he is when he has some time. Now 
You look at Indy, they're coming off back-to-back wins. Their bye week, I don't know if it necessarily came at the right time. They're in a situation where they're coming out of the bye, a little bit of a momentum killer for them. I don't I don't think they were ready for the bye. They, they could have reeled off a couple more before that. But when you look at Indy, the two wins they've had here recently that have kind of boosted their stock up are two wins against Buffalo and Oakland. So, you know, that's the two worst teams in the NFL. We're going to we're going to learn a lot about Indy in this game. It's tough to take Jacksonville in the 2018 passing league when you got Andrew Luck and these weapons against what Jacksonville has. But, you know, from a spot perspective, statement, um, I'm intrigued by this game. Tough one to call, uh, but I'm I'm excited. Yeah, I look at this game completely different than you do. I want to know if Leonard Fournette's going to be back. He's listed as questionable again. I mean, there are certain players that, you know, they show up on the injury report, you think they're going to play. This guy just can't stay healthy in the NFL, and it's it's an issue. Now, yes, Jacksonville has dominated the last couple of years, but, you know, Andrew Luck hasn't been playing. Andrew Luck is on the field again. And the Colts are offensively are a good team. I, I you, you know, know I, we saw in the second half against New England, that was like our first glimpse of it. Um, and Jack Doyle's back. That's that's monstrous. For yeah, this absolutely. Offense. Jack Doyle's back, like you mentioned. And I look at Jacksonville. First of all, they traded away Dante Fowler last week, who's you know as a you know has been a good player in that defense. Their defense is not the defense that it has been in the previous years. That's a good point. And not to mention the fact Jacksonville has no talent on the offensive side of the ball. You mentioned twos and threes are more like threes. I mean, I you know. I, from an offensive standpoint, if Fournette does not play in this game, and you're Jacksonville, what what's your go-to type of you know style of game in this? I expect the Colts to score on this Jacksonville defense. I expect the line is two and a half, three. I took Jacksonville plus three and a half early in the week. I'll be selling that uh, to you know to to be on the Colts side. Or just have it lay in three and try and, you know, middle the game or whatever. You're locking in all these good numbers. I didn't hear about these. I'm I'm a little upset. (laughs) Well, yeah, you got a lot to learn, that's for sure. But the Colts, you know, they're running the football. As you mentioned, Jack Doyle's coming back. Ebron's playing at a high level. Hilton is healthy. You know, Andrew Luck is a top five quarterback in this league. Give me Indianapolis in this game. All right, well, moving moving along, let's, uh, let's tackle... Arizona Arizona Cardinals at Kansas City Chiefs. Big, big spread here, 16 and a half. What are we thinking here, Lip? All right, here's the, the, the story of this game. If you're Andy Reid and if you're Patrick Mahomes and you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, you want to come out of this game healthy. It doesn't matter if you win by 30. It doesn't matter if you win by 40. It doesn't matter if you win by two. The Chiefs want to win this game and move along. Arizona's coming off a bye week. I do expect them to play you know, physical and, you know, up to, you know, what they can do. I, I do think they'll score some points in this game. It's a 16 or 16 and a half point spread. It's a ton. You know, I did mention the fact that Kansas City offensively for the, the past couple podcasts is a, is a video machine. And if they decide to come out there and try and bury them early and get people off of the field, then 16 and a half isn't going to be enough for the first half. But if they try and just get through the game, make sure everybody's going to be healthy and those types of things, I think it's too many points. I lean it's too many points, but I, I can't touch this. Yeah, no, you make a great point. And one thing with sports betting is you want your desires to match up with the team. And in this case, if you bet Kansas City, that just won't be the case because if you bet Kansas City, you need them to win by at least 17. 
in Kansas City, like you said, they just want to escape. Guess who they play next week? At the Rams. Well, not at the Rams, but Mexico City Rams. That's the game of the season. So we got a look-ahead spot. We got Kansas City coming off of another borderline statement win. It's just this team, they're, they're playing video game football. Arizona defensively, you know, they have some they have some pieces out there. Didn't trade Patrick Peterson. Uh, they have they have three or four solid players on this defense. A couple holes, but you know, at 16 and a half, you know, Josh Rosen, this guy's you know starting to get a little bit more comfortable in the NFL. I think Arizona, who you know quietly four one and one against the spread in their last six, you know, they're competing. They're not quitting. They're not like some of these other teams where you just feel like they're you know they're not like Oakland where they're just completely going to sleep. But um, yeah, 16 and a half is too much. I think this line comes down to 14 once the uh, limits get raised here on Thursday. I, I wouldn't mind buy- buying up to 17 here and then potentially uh, adjusting later in the week. But just take 17 when it opens up. Yeah. Why buy onto it? Well, you know, we got a lot to learn. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't play 17 when it opened. I, I'm not on this game. But yeah, no. It, even even at 17, you're, you can't love Arizona in this spot because Kansas City at home. And uh, sometimes when you got a young quarterback like Mahomes, he doesn't know any better. I mean, he just has one gear. You know, it's not like he's in year five where he's like, oh, you know, I'm playing the Rams next week. This is, you know, I'm just out here just doing what I do. I, I throw footballs, I run, I throw on the run, and, and I have the best weaponry in the NFL. You know, Alex Smith was a top five quarterback with these weapons last year, and now we're seeing what happens when a, a bona fide superstar gets this kind of weaponry. It's really just a perfect storm in Kansas City with this offense. All right, we can move along. Uh, let's tackle Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets. Uh, looks looks like seven and a half point uh, favorite here for the Jets. How we how we feeling, Scoop? Yeah, um, these Buffalo lines. It's I mean it's hard for the bookmakers to to set a line. They're they're the worst offense in thirty years. Uh, last week they were coming off of a little bit of a flat spot with the short week coming off the New England Monday Night game where they were all in. So I expect the defense to kind of come back and, you know, continue to do what they do, and that's play good football. It's a top 15 defense. They have a lot of good pieces out there. Uh, Darnold, you know, he's showing that he's a rookie, playing with a, a very uh, questionable roster around him. Uh, four interceptions last week. Um, I I don't see how this line doesn't come back down to, like, like around seven, but it's hard for me to touch either team in this game. Well, this is a teaser game, 100%. Tease the Jets down to one and a half and use them. And That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, this is going to, yeah, this is 100% a Beautiful teaser Beautiful teaser play. game. Yeah, just use the Jets. And I, uh, Sam Darnold, to me, is, is uh, you know, going to be an average quarterback at best in this league. That's what he is. He has weapons on his offense, though, that are going to produce in this game. You know, Robbie Anderson's back. was back. You know, uh, Jermaine Curse, I expect him to be involved in this game. Uh, they have a tight end that's been catching the ball, and like you mentioned before, Buffalo's just lost on uh, you know on offense. I, you're looking at without the quarterback in this game, Josh Allen, who's questionable. I don't think he's going to play. I want him back 100 percent because he's the future of the Bills, and that's where my heart is. I don't think he's going to play in this game. And offensively, Buffalo can't do a thing. There's nothing they can do offensively to move the ball. We've seen this. I'm considering the Jets seven and a half. If it comes down to seven on the card, it'll, it's probably going to be on my on my card. But this is 100% a teaser play with the Jets. They're the better team. They're not any good, but they're the better team. Yeah, who, who's hungry for a win? Oh, uh, yeah. I, you know, I mean... It's a great teaser spot. 
you know, they played their defense played very hard last week in Miami. You know, they they didn't even give up. I don't think they gave up a touchdown in the game. They gave up a, a defensive touchdown. You know, I mean. It, they oh, throw yeah, a no. pick six. Oh, you look at the yards per play last week against Miami. It's the second time when they played Miami. They've dominated Their them. Jets defense is, is, is going to control this game. It's the difference in this game. Tease the Jets 100%. All right, moving moving along. Let's tackle uh, New England Patriots at Tennessee Titans. Tennessee's uh, getting six and a half points. How are you feeling, Lil? Well, it's another teaser game, guys. It's New England. Tease them down to win the football game. Tennessee's surprising me. This was the game for me last week that it was a head shaker to me. I thought Dallas would come out and run them over. Well, they didn't run them over. Tennessee came out and played pretty good football in this game. They don't flash you. They don't do all these things. And for a guy like Marcus Mariota in this game, he gets a bye week. There's nobody in the league that needs more of a bye week than Marcus Mariota. He gets dinged up and hurt more than the average player. But that's just how it's going to be in the NFL, and he's going to have to get used to that. What do you mean bye week? Or, or the, or not bye week. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not sure what what it was. Yeah, no, it, it's a little bit of a momentum carryover for Tennessee. You know, coming off the Monday night big win against uh, Dallas, and as I talked to you last night about, is when, when you give a a coach like Mike Vrabel two weeks to prepare against a That's guy like Jason yep. Garrett. Um, you know, it's a mismatch. I, I had Dallas in some teasers and then played back on Tennessee, and and, and really, I regret not just. You know, flat out yeah, playing, you like Tennessee playing Tennessee from a little the bit more. You I mean, when, when I saw Tennessee plus six in that game, you know, I was I was shocked. Yeah, um, all the experts it, were on Tennessee there. I, I just don't understand, uh, you know, what people you know thought Amari Cooper was just going to come in and change this offense. I mean, you know, Travis Frederick is the, the the most valuable player on that offense, and we've seen it all season. They're they're not just not the same. They can't run the ball like they did. But Tennessee, um, they have some momentum now. Uh, Offense is starting to get a little bit healthier. Offensive line, uh, you know, was fully intact last game. Jack Conklin got a, a concussion. He's probably their best offensive lineman, and if he doesn't play, that'll be a big deal in this game. So keep an eye on that one. Um, New England, uh, kind of a semi-flat spot. They've played in a couple of big games here recently. Big road win at Chicago. Big win against Kansas City. Uh, big win against Green Bay. So I think they could potentially be a little flat now if New England comes out. Um, with energy, I think it will have a lot to do with the fact that this is the first time Bill Belichick and this team have seen Malcolm Butler since the, you know, famous Super Bowl benching. So this could be a game where Brady and Belichick come out and you know want to send a message that you know Malcolm Butler uh, kind of gets exposed. This is a guy that struggled this season, not sh- proving that he's worth the type of money Tennessee paid him. Now these two organizations have a lot in common, a lot of lot of uh, similar ties. Uh, this general manager from Tennessee is a Belichick disciple, Vrabel, Patriot, Belichick boy. Um, Deion Lewis, former Patriot. A lot of, lot of familiarity with these two teams. And uh, typically when I like a teaser, I won't play back on the spread before the game starts. And I think this is a game where I will. I think this is a game where, ten, where New England wins by three or four, maintains their position in you know, trying to get this AFC home field. Against Kansas City, they have the tiebreaker. They must continue to win week in and week out. But I do think Tennessee's going to give them everything they can handle. Um, Tennessee's a team that, that's on the rise a little bit, was fortunate with the schedule early in the season when they weren't playing very well. But as far as uh, Tennessee's roster, it's still flawed. Um, I think this is a 24-21, 26-23 type of game. And, uh, you know, New England and teasers and, and Tennessee against the spread. Yeah, a lot of familiarity, like you said, and I agree with you. I think Belichick is going to have a chip on his shoulder 
for his old little buddy over there in Butler. I think they're going to go after him. Yeah, a lot of heat for that. Can Tennessee keep up with points in this game? I don't think so. Michelle should be back. We'll see about Gronk. Yeah. New England should win the game. I mean, out, New England's right? covered five out of six, and yeah. at a certain point, they're still New England. Yeah, no, but this this number's a little inflated. It's it gonna is. it's gonna probably be seven, and when you can get seven with Tennessee, um, no, nah, don't worry about the points. Just tease it. Yeah, no, but for, as far as the super contest, um, nah, to me, it's Tennessee or nothing. I'm staying away from. It. Agree. Cool. Moving along, let's tackle Washington Redskins at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers are our favorite here. Uh, giving up three. How, how you feeling? Luke? I'll take this one. Minus three. I took uh, Tampa Bay minus, or excuse me, pick them early in the week. And I've been big on Washington all year. I made this line six. And uh, it's I laid some two. It's up to three. Listen, there has been absolutely no unit in pro football that has been decimated by injuries like the Washington Redskins. This is a team, listen very carefully, everyone. The Washington Redskins is a team you bet against the rest of the year. Their offensive line is designed for Adrian Peterson and the running game. They don't have an offensive line anymore. And, and to piggyback off that, we've seen these older running backs that come and have these great first half of the seasons. They wear down. It's the NFL. Yeah. I the, mean, these older running backs, second half of the season, they're just not the same guys they are early. And AP, although he's proven he's far from human, um, I don't think he's going to have that same step in here in the second half of the season. Now, Trent Williams is questionable in this game. He had thumb surgery, so even if he does play, he's not going to be the dominating force that he's been on the left tackle. Paul Richardson, a really good player out of Seattle, out, IR. I mentioned uh, you know, Brandon Sheriff, an outstanding guard. He's out, and uh, they lost another player as well, too. No team in pro football has taken the injuries that the Washington Redskins have, and you can't overcome it in this league. You, you know, when we did the lines, you made it pick them. That's exactly what they open. It's up to three, and it's going to go above that. Tampa Bay in this game is susceptible. You know, their defense, their back end, their corners are terrible. They won't have to worry about that much in this game because Tampa's defensive line is going to be all over the quarterback all game. They're not going to be able to sit back there and make plays. Tampa Bay, you must get them on your card. As soon as possible, the line's going to go up. Yeah, um, I think this line closes three and a half. I, I jumped on this one early with you before it got to three. Sent it out to the clients. And, uh, yeah, no, Tampa Bay's defensive line, they're getting healthier. Vinny Curry and McCoy played last week. Um, they should, you know, in this Tampa Bay defense, as bad as they've been, they've made adjustments in the second half. Like, they've showed them. They've had, they, they shut out Pittsburgh in the second half in prime time. Like, this, this defense has had its moments where it's played pretty well. Um, I think they're actually. And Jordan Reed's been nowhere. Yeah, Where's no, he been? Well, Washington is for you know Jay Gruden's another lost coach, um, and, and as I touched on before with Alex Smith and those Kansas City weapons last year, you know he got propped up by them, and now he's got banged up receivers, uh, banged up offensive line, an older running back. Now this is an East Coast cold weather type team that likes the ground and pound going down south to Tampa Bay to play a team who's one and five against the spread in the last six. Washington's three and one in their last four. This is a good buy low, sell high spot for Tampa Bay. Nice home field advantage down in the humidity. Um, you know, regardless of what quarterback plays for Tampa Bay, I think they're going to have some success. And uh, you know, Washington's in a tough spot here. I, I think Tampa Bay rolls. Really this, tough this, spot. This, this is one of my top two plays of the week. Yeah, really tough spot. Washington's defense will play hard in this game. They have a good defense, but it's just too much to overcome with that offensive line. Get on Tampa Bay. All right, moving along. We are we're gonna tackle Los Angeles Chargers, giving up ten points to the Oakland Raiders. How are we feeling about this one? 
Yeah, the Chargers uh, team on the rise. Uh, my pick before the season started to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl to take on the Saints, and um, I had them in some teasers last week a little bit, but this Charger team, they're playing without one of the best defensive players in the NFL, and they're still winning football games because it's 2018 passing league, and they have Phillip Rivers and a stable of playmakers. They're playing without one of the best tight ends in football as well. It just shows that with Hunter Henry and Joey Bosa, Man, what this team will be capable of. Now, defensively, they got the shutdown corner with Casey Hayward. Derwin James starting to really make his impact on defense. Uh, they just smacked around Oakland a couple weeks ago, 26-10 to 10 on the uh, at home. Now they're going, to, uh, they're going to Oakland for this game. As 10-point favorites, you know, Oakland, everyone's bashing them in the media. This number's a little inflated. It should be more like 7-8. to eight. Um, I can't Is lay that seven or eight for the first quarter. I can't lay ten in this spot, um, but you know that's kind of you know an older style thought process. Is you know, you know, I touched on this a couple weeks with you a couple weeks ago. It's just when a team, when these teams are quitting and and they just just don't care, um, you know, you know, it turns out that energy and effort are, are pretty important in football, and. Chargers are coming in here flying high with some momentum. Do not think this is a flat spot at all. This is another just let's keep it going. Let's keep scoring some points. Their offense scored the minimum last week. And, uh, I mean, Oakland, this this season's a wrap. I mean, it's just a, it's just a fucking horrible football team. Not, really nothing more to say other than that. Sorry about that for our younger listeners out there. But if you like Jack Nicholson, and I like Jack Nicholson, I love L.A. The Chargers are going to destroy the Raiders in this game. All right, listen up. This game is a blowout. There's no question about it. They've already played each other. It was a blowout. The Raiders have no home field advantage. The Raiders have no idea who's, you know, what direction they're going. And the Chargers are playing at a very high level. You know, last week, you know, some of the experts like Seattle and the metrics and all this nonsense against the Chargers. Yeah, the game came down to the end, but it wasn't that close. This game, I see every other possession touchdown for the for the Chargers. You know, Rivers takes the ball, looks like he's going to, you know, hand off and go one direction and pitches it, like, you know, the opposite direction to Melvin Gordon, and he's off and running for 17, 20 yards every single time, you know, when they run that play. The Chargers, to me, are a team. I've never seen Phillip Rivers with more control of this team. Everyone's on the same page. Their defense has been playing solid. Uh, they got rid of the kicker, which was the only problem. I don't think that'll be any sort of issue this week. I don't even think they'll they'll need one. I got a question for you. Sure. John Gruden. Yes. What do you think of him as a motivator? I think John Gruden is in a is in a easy position for himself. He can unload. He's got a 10-year contract. He's going to be going to a new city. Uh, there's no pressure on him at does, all. Does he care? I mean, is he Oh, he cares. There's nobody that cares about this game more than John Gruden. Uh, he's a competitor. Oh, about he, this specific yeah, no, game? He, no, he doesn't no, care I'm about say, this Chargers I'm game. He, he's a he's a Absolutely. He, he's a fireball type sure. of guy, right? But he's he's So you're telling me a guy, you know, they're coming off of, you know, they got 10 days rest coming off the embarrassing primetime performance. We know in the NFL, betting on teams coming off of embarrassing primetime performance has been printing money over the last 10-15 years. And you're telling me Oakland Getting an inflated ten with an offense that has how is it inflated? This number shouldn't be ten. Why not? It's, the, it's a passing. It's a scoring league. This, this, it's this, a scoring league these days. O- Oakland has some receivers. Um, Who? <laughs> they're not trotting out nobody out there. Now, this game, a huge part of it will be the offensive line for Oakland. They've they've kind of fallen apart here lately. Been banged up. We'll see how the injury report you know comes out with that, but. 
you know, this Charger defense, they gave up 20 points Speaking to Speaking of Buffalo. defense, quick question for you. Do you know who the for the season the best defensive player for the Raiders has been? That's Bruce Irvin, yeah, right? No, dude, Is like, he playing this week? He may be out. Oh, he's not out. They actually let him go. They, they want somebody else to pick up his contract. This is the direction the Raiders are going. There's zero chance I'm touching Oakland. There's just there's some reasons why. Um, o- Oakland sh- Oakland's all in here. I mean, it's not a game where you know they're. You know who Jack Nicholson is? They're zero four against the spread in, in this the last game? four. Um, I just mean, completely lifeless. They've, they're on ten days rest at home. You know, playing against a defense that Buffalo and has Oakland shouldn't even be in the NFL right now. These two teams cannot compete at all. For a half of football, and you want them to compete with a Super Bowl contender with no home field advantage? I think this game's a dead nut over, and I wouldn't lay the 10. Okay. Moving along, uh, another 10-point uh, dog, Miami Dolphins going to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Um, how are we feeling about this one? Um, this is a game where if Green Bay does not dominate, there are serious issues, and that team should, you know, their season's, you know, going to have some. Very, very low ceiling, which I never really thought it was a championship caliber team. Um, the Muhammad Wilkerson injury has been a big deal, very quietly covered. But, you know, they're 2-4-1 and one straight up their last seven. Um, Miami coming off of a very fortunate win down at home. Um, this Miami team is completely beat up, wasn't very good to begin with. It'll be interesting to see who plays quarterback for them. Um, frustration release spot for Green Bay. I think Green Bay rolls in this game. I see this this is one play for me is if the number dips below nine to eight and a half, tease Green Bay. Other than that, leave it alone. Green Bay showed in the Rams. Great game. teaser game. Yeah, it, well, I don't know if it's gonna get there. The line's ten now. Come on. I mean it's gotta drop a, a point and a half. Right. Green Bay played very well against the Rams, and the Rams tried to run the ball coming off a bye. They were off a bye in that game and they, they did do a good job against the run. Green Bay defense completely different with, with Jair Alexander. Yeah, well, I agree with that. But Potential they, superstar corner. Yes, and you know, like you you mentioned last week, haha, Clinton Dix is is uh, been traded, so that hurts the secondary. But I don't expect the Raiders to, or excuse me, I don't expect the Dolphins to do anything, you know, in the the passing game. Maybe Devontae Parker shows up a little bit here, but I think they're going to try and go back and forth, keep it close to the vest Miami, try and keep it a. Uh, you know, a lower scoring type of game in this thing. But I agree with you. If Green Bay at home can't come in and just, you know, win this game easily, they have no chance at the playoffs. I don't see them making the playoffs regardless. It seems like a lot of points to me in this game. I'll be staying off it unless that teaser number shows up. Yeah, no, Green Bay uh, team that, I mean, they, they they need to get rolling, and this is the spot to do it. Moving on, let's, uh, Tackle Seattle Seahawks going to Los Angeles, take on the Rams. Another 10-point favorite here for the uh, Los Angeles Rams. How are we feeling? Yeah, this game's on my card. Do you know who Jack Nicholson is? Okay, I love L.A. because Seattle is not very good. And actually, the last, like, five years, uh, Russell Wilson, when they were Super Bowl contenders, has had a lot of problems with this defense. He's going to have a lot of problems in this game as well, too. The Rams lost a tough game at New Orleans. All credit to New Orleans. They won the game. I didn't like the spot in the game. It looked like it kind of changed the outcome of that game, possibly. But the Rams are going to be in this game, and they're going to be fired up about it. You know, they need to, you know, to keep pace with New Orleans to get that home field advantage in the NFC. I think that that's going to be gigantic for the Rams. In the back of their mind, they have a young coach that will keep them, you know, involved in the, you know, 
with the details throughout the week, what they need to do, not, you know, the, no complacency, even off of a loss, those types of things. Chris Carson, I'm not sure if he's going to be available this week. He was dinged up in the last game. He, you know, we'll see what happens there. But the Rams' offense is, you know, it's healthy. You know, they're going to score points in this game. They're going to control the game. You know, they're going to come out with a statement, and I think the Rams just, just torch Seattle. Yeah, before I do in, go into this game, I, I want to do a quick little uh, little little teaching lesson with, with how these point spreads get made. So what happens is is there's a power ratings of 1 to 32 on every team, and every team gets a score of how much better they are based on an average team. And after the Rams started the season 3-0 and with three relatively easy covers, all of a sudden these power ratings for the Rams got crazy inflated. And my initial reaction was, you know, are the Rams really seven and a half, eight points better than an average team when the next closest on the list is New England, Kansas City at five points better than an average team? What they're saying there is, is, you know, the Rams are just in a different class from the NFL. And in order to be in a different class, you need to be a complete roster from one to 55 and not have any holes. And this Rams defense has holes. And we've seen since the Marcus Peters injury that they're strength on defense has now even become a liability this defense has issues and since they they went to since these power ratings got adjusted in the manner they did the rams are now one four and one against the spread their last six and when you have a number that's inflated every single week we've seen what happens now as far as the spots here in this situation seattle already gave the rams a test down to the wire and this seattle team They've been through a lot here. The schedule's been real easy the last six games, four and two straight up and against the spread. I think the Rams are just a a far superior roster. Um, We saw the first time these two teams played, the Rams did what they wanted, when they wanted, how they wanted, without two of their top receivers on the field for three quarters of the game. So I do think the Rams is the right side if you're going to touch it. Um, But with these numbers being so inflated with the Rams, uh, you know, from a value perspective, it just makes it a little bit tough. Yeah, I, under, I understand what you're saying with uh, you know the game earlier being close, but the Rams had two players, wide receivers, out of that game, and they still scored over 30 points. Is at there Seattle. an echo in here? For what? I'm just playing. Yeah, okay. you know they they still scored a lot of points in that game. But what I'm saying in this game is, I agree with you 100 that the problem for the Rams is on the back end. Their corners are not very good. Well, Seattle doesn't have very many weapons at the wide receiver position, so you know I'm not too worried about that aspect of it. I expect a very long day for, for Russell Wilson here. Now, here's the scary thing with the Rams. Like I touched on with the Chiefs, Rams-Chiefs next weekend. It's kind of a look-ahead spot a little bit for the Rams. I don't know if you want to lay 10 with a team. This that, is a division game. Who yeah. cares about Kansas City down the line? That means nothing. That's, the Rams, that is the game everyone has. Well, circled. everyone wants to watch that. The Rams right. want to dominate this game against an inferior Seattle team who's not average. They're below average for your little— I changed my mind. I lean Seattle against the spread. Okay, that's good for me. I'm on the Rams. Moving along, we have the new-look or same-look Dallas Cowboys— Going to Philly to take on the Eagles. Eagles giving up six and a half here. How we how we feeling? I'll take this one. All right. Jerry Jones, listen very carefully. Do not pay Dak Prescott to be your franchise quarterback. He's not a franchise quarterback. He proved that on Monday night against Tennessee. He is a run pass option guy that can, you know, basically try and move the chains. He cannot go downfield. The Eagles now, on the other hand, are bringing in a nice weapon you know, in Golden Tate. They're probably going to get back uh, Darren Sproles, who's going to be a huge addition in this game, I believe. 
And Dallas has proven all year that they stink on the road. Well, think, not only do they about, stink. What do you think about Lane Johnson, though? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, he, you know, Lane Johnson is a very good tackle in this league. Is he going to? He's he's out for a significant time. Uh, looking like he's in doubtful. I okay, think. probably doubtful. Yeah, that won't help at all. But I think you know the Eagles' offense and the passing game in particular are on the rise. You know, I really do think that Carson Wentz is back to being 100% healthy. I think that the Eagles are going to be a Final Four team in the NFC easily this year. This, this division is over. I mean, I've, I've been talking about Washington and, you know, Dallas could, you know, compete. This division I'm, is over. I'm glad you brought that up. Real quick, let's stop for a second. These NFL playoffs, how good is it about to be? I mean, man, is it going to be a fun NFL playoffs. It's just the, the, the star power at the top is unlike anything I've seen, you know, since I've been studying this league. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, Dallas again last week, another one of these guys that I feel bad for, and Sean Lee walks off the field again with his hamstring. You know, and he's going to be doubtful again this week. Well, the defense isn't the same without him. Dallas, you know, you know, everyone wants to jump on board and they'll get it going or whatever. No, they won't. They're well below average. You know, I mean, they they just don't. You know, Amari Cooper is is a good wide receiver, but they don't have a quarterback to throw the ball down the field to him. I think this game may show up on my card. This is the Sunday night game. Put this game in teasers for sure. Just have Philadelphia beat this lousy Dallas team on the road. And you know, and go to the window. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Phillies at home. I'm sorry. Another beautiful teaser spot. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, this is a um, teaser game for sure. For so sure. Last summer, I spent about ten to twelve straight days where all I did was study bye week tendencies for every single team. And and one of the takeaways that I saw was when a team is a championship caliber type of team, proven they have championship DNA as the Eagles have, and you kind of start the season where you know sc- schedule's tough. Um, you kind of weather the storm. You get the 500, huge win before the uh, bye week to to get the 500 over Jacksonville, and now here you get two weeks to prepare, and then you kind of you know you just kind of brush off all the issues you've had, and you just refocus, and you come back and you go, all right, let's go. Here's the stretch run, and, and you, it's a it's a refocus spot, and that's the case with Philadelphia here. I think they flip a switch, um, two and five against the spread their last seven. Dallas, as I've mentioned. Not the same team without Travis Frederick, the most valuable player on their team. Now, the Eagles have a quiet superstar on the defensive line named Timmy Jernigan. Hasn't played yet this season. Looks like he's going to be ready to come back here out of the bye week. Great spot for him to exploit a Dallas offensive line in the middle that's banged up with Zach Martin and Travis Frederick. Um, you know, you know, looking like he, for his sake, I mean, prayers to him. Hopefully he's able to play this game again because he's a great talent, but... Um, this is a game where Philly will be able to exploit them in the middle. Um, Prescott will be exposed. And like you said, I think this is a game where with the entire world watching on Sunday Night Football, we get reminded that Carson Wentz is a bona fide superstar and Dak Prescott is a guy that completely fooled us during his rookie season when everything around him was perfect. Yeah, quick question for you on Dak Prescott. When you say he's going to be exposed, what do you mean by that? I think he's going to be exposed in that— That he um, stinks? That he shouldn't be in. He's not an NFL starting quarterback, like I, I told Jerry Jones. I've been saying this. I mean, for, this I, guy. Is, there's 32 quarterbacks what was he, a in the NFL round draft starting. Pick? He was I, a fourth round draft there, pick for there, a reason. There, Scoop. There's 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. I put him somewhere between 24 and 27. Um, a lot of donks out there have him in the top 12. Um, more, more. Are you are lovers. you re-signing him to a big contract? Zero chance. Oh, I agree with that. Zero chance. The the NFL bread and butter right now is cheap quarterback so contracts. So they need a quarterback, and they trade around. They trade away their first if, round draft if I was, next year. If I was the general, so they can't get one. If I was the that general, makes a lot of if sense. I'm the general manager for Dallas before the trade deadline, I'm firing Jerry Jones. 
I'm trading Dak Prescott to Jacksonville. I'm completely starting over. Completely. I mean, this team has limited ceiling, issues galore. Um, Would you trade for Jameis Winston if you were Dallas? I mean, no, it's past the draft. No, no, why not? I'm, I'm I'm drafting a rookie on a on a five year. You're just rookie you're scale. totally rebuilding. I'm completely. I can't, listen, I'm, I can't argue with I'm that. I'm completely starting. So over. the season's over for Dallas, three and five. Completely over. I agree. The Amari Cooper trade was desperation, and it was, it was a bad trade for them. Terrible desperation. Yeah, they don't have a first round draft pick. You know, next year in a top ten team. You know, I mean, draft pick it makes no sense. And you only got Cooper for one more year, and next year he's making I think twelve million. It, it, it's one of the worst trades in the last ten years in the NFL. I agree. All right, moving along, we have the New York Giants getting three, facing uh, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, how are we feeling about this one? This is my best bet of the week, uh, right there with Tampa Bay flirting with one and two. The New York Giants coming off a of bye week. Another lifeless performance before the bye week against Washington. Um, going to San Not Francisco. Defensively. You know, defensively, they've been playing well. Uh, since they got Olivier Vernon back, this defense has been the playing Atlanta well. The Atlanta game, they played well too. Um, now, they did trade Snacks Harrison and Eli Apple, and this will be one of the first games we've seen since that. Um, and because of that, I think San Francisco could score some points. But this is a Monday night game, pride spot for New York Giants. They lost five in a row. Um, coaches on the hot seat, and, and this is this Shermer's. You know, we saw last year. You know, he's he's a smart guy. That that Minnesota offense, had, that success they had, had a lot to do with his play calling. I think he's just getting a little bit comfortable. You know, in his new role as a head coach, Evan Ingram's back. Sterling Shepard, Odell against a San Francisco defense that's bottom five against the pass. Reuben Foster might not play in this one. Both safeties are injured. Look like they might not play. Um, San Francisco coming off of the uh, nice win in primetime. I think we get a little bit of recency bias with everyone just watching Nick Mullins pull off the win. Nobody wants to touch the New York Giants in this game, but the professional money, when this limit gets raised on Thursday, this will immediately come down to one and a half. It will close New York Giants pick on minus one. Um, San Fran, uh, if you watch the Mullins performance last week, decent kid, decent player. But, you know, very fluky. The one, one-handed Kittle catch in traffic takes it 70. Um, Pierre Garçon, nobody within 30 yards of him. You know, they, you know, they beat a lifeless, horrific Oakland team, and everyone is going to remember the 34-3 win, and then they're going to be quickly reminded that this is the NFL, and week to week there are big swings, and the New York Giants are going to have an offensive frustration release spot, score a bunch of points. I think they get over 30. Everyone thinks, oh, man, maybe Eli's back again. Nope, it's just the matchup. Yeah, it is the matchup. There's no question that the Giants offensively, Evan Ingram is going to be at 100%. He hasn't been at that speed since last year. He's dinged up early in the preseason, early in the, the year. He had to sit some games out. He'll be a factor in this game. I expect the Giants to move the ball here. San Francisco's defense is not very good. You can't look at last week when they played against Oakland. I mean, that's just, you know, I mean, that's that's comical. And like I mentioned earlier, the Giants' defense has been performing, and I expect them to perform in this game. It's too early for the card to be out. I think it'll be three on the card. I'm hoping it's three on the card. If it's three, I already, I already you know, took a bunch of plus three, you know, for the value. Because I do agree with you. It is going to come down eventually. The Sharps are going to come in on the Giants. San Francisco offensively, we'll see what they have to offer. But, I mean, you're giving me points with a team that I expect to move the ball with the Giants. I agree with you here. I like New York. Yeah, um, saw a nice tweet here uh, earlier this week, um, and it was in relation to cap hits and how much is on the uh, on the uh, PUP and IR. And uh, from uh, 
at Jason underscore OTC. Number one in the NFL, 49ers at $40.4 million. Number two was the Eagles, three Seahawks, four Falcons, five Jaguars. But when you got a San Fran team who, what they did was they back-ended this Jimmy Garoppolo contract to where next year he'll only be making $20 million. That puts him in the bottom half of the NFL as a quarterback cap hit. But this year he's a $39 million cap hit. So what they did was is they set their team up to be relevant this year. Um, but... 2019. But he got hurt, the so they yeah. couldn't. And it's funny because it actually worked out perfectly because now they're going to get a top three pick. They got all this money in free agency to spend. They're going to get a, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo. They should have traded for Beckham Jimmy then. Garoppolo, Why didn't they trade for Beckham then? Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get Mitchell Trubisky treatment in 2019. and then Jimmy we'll, Garoppolo cannot stay healthy. We'll find he out. Cannot, no, we'll find out. Ever since high school, he can't stay healthy. You might be right. Well, he's he's a too fragile you, body you, for you, the NFL. You are the quarterback doctor, Absolutely. Mr. Teaser. Well, he sits out every year because he's hurt. It's either his shoulder or what is it this year? My point is oh, this. Oh, it's his ACL. From a talent perspective, Jimmy Garoppolo is in another world oh, than Mitchell and, and Trubisky. Oh, Jimmy Schwartz, he looks fantastic. If he can stay Which healthy. Why, that's probably why you San like Fran him, because he looks good in shorts. San Fran, does, <laughs> San Fran does what I think they're going to do in the offseason. There's nothing wrong with that. San Fran will be a real contender in 20, 2019. He won't stay healthy. But for this game, this situation, Eli, Manning, Odell Beckham, field day. I agree, the Giants. All right, to wrap it up, uh, good conversation, fellas. To wrap it up. How about our bets of the week? How we feeling? Scoop, you got it? I'm going to do uh, a combo best bet. Make oh. up make up for this 0-5 last week. Uh, right. Tampa Bay and uh, the uh, New York Giants. Tampa Bay, I agree with you there. I mean, listen, for the super contest, it is going to be Tampa Bay. But, I mean, for best wait, bets. Wait, if they post that three instead of two and a half on the super contest. Tampa Bay. Still? Yes, minus three. I mean, yeah. teasers that we mentioned earlier for you for you sharps, especially if you can lay minus 110, minus 120 even in teasers, get on those teasers. But like I said, Washington is just murdered on the offensive line, and Tampa Bay will win this game easy. Yeah, and if you'd like to uh, subscribe to uh, the Vegas Scoop, you know, $97 a month, you get every single play that I make for the season. Um, all these teaser decisions um, you get sent via text. A little bit under $25 a week, and uh, we're making money. No doubt about that. I got two bets I like. Two? I like, I got, I like the Bills. Buffalo! I do like the Bills. It's, it's almost like, you know, somewhat somewhat of a home game. You know, two New York teams getting some points, uh, and I also like Tennessee. All right, well, I think that does it. Um, should be a fun bounce-back week, and uh, until next time, let's run pure.